0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent,
1: and Sir Lucian.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, So for those of you on the interwebs, you're probably saying to yourself, self, this is not live. And you're correct uh we both had a conflict tomorrow and i didn't want to miss two days or two weeks in a row
1: yeah so well, we're recording
0: friday night not live <laughs> yeah. but if you look closely you might see a wild jordan running around in the chat with you guys <laughs>
1: uh and that should be fun so. he's a wild and crazy guy i was almost thinking we could do that um this is being filmed by a virtual studio audience. Yeah, filmed live <laughs> yeah. before a fake audience. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that.
0: So we're yeah. just going to do the regular show. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah, feel free to leave us comments, and I'll be chatting with you guys. Um, we missed last week. We did. But it was Free RPG Day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which is funny. Um, I, I don't know. Free RPG Day is really interesting with uh, the, the place that I go. Uh, my local game store, because I, you know, I think all game stores make the majority of their money off of uh, off of magic cards and Pokemon mm-hmm. cards and Yu-Gi-Oh! and things like that. So it makes sense. Uh, but there were people there that were like, like one guy specifically was like, I want to buy more of this Dungeon Crawl classic stuff. And they were like, okay, I think we have some over here, but all they had was last year's free oh. RPG day stuff. And the guy's like, well, this says free on it, so I don't want to pay for it. And I was like, oh, they don't even have the the books anymore so it was kind of a like why are you participating and then a lot of the free rpg day stuff was they told me i couldn't take more than one
1: and -hmm. i was like
0: okay so i took one and then i bought something and they were like oh well if you bought something you can go get like two more and i'm like okay so i went back (laughs) and got two more but it was a weird like like they're hoarding it year after year because there was some free rpg day stuff from like two or three years ago and they just keep Mm -hmm. stockpiling it and then bring it back out I don't know how I feel about that. Like, how do you feel about that? Is that weird? Should they get rid of it if or not participate? Like,
1: yeah. See, I went to my game store too, after I was done um, on Saturday and I was going to get there just before they were going to close and they had their free stuff out too. And when I looked at the RPG section, I think they only had one copy of a DCC book like they normally would. Like that's yeah. what they normally stock. So even though like you said, they're participating in this, hey, everybody's free stuff and look at this cool product, you wouldn't be able to buy more of it like you said. So I yeah. didn't think that was weird. So they did yeah, have a buy three, get one mini free deal, which was pretty mm-hmm. good. So Uh, that's crazy yeah I wonder um DCC should be more popular I think that I I think if I had a game store I'd have a few books on the shelf it's not like I don't think you're gonna lose money too much. well I know they did and
0: last last year I think they participated in DCC days and I went Mm -hmm. and I was really excited and I got a bunch of stuff and they they gave me the patches that they had and a bunch of other stuff but the guy was just like like this isn't popular I guess and I was like okay well I don't know. It's a niche community, but like if you foster yeah. it better,
1: you could help it become popular, <laughs> which is what you would want to do. <laughs> oh, I just lost your your audio. That's weird. As long as it's I'm still back. working I'm on back. your side. Yep. There you go. OK,
0: <laughs> so uh, I hit my my mute button. Ah. Um, But no, the uh, what I was saying is like, I understand that you buy one book and it's like, OK, he bought a book. And now we can go play and introduce it to all of his friends, whereas, like, a magic tournament is going to bring in a lot more money.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, or you can buy the, you know, the $50, 60 card thing, and then they'll be back next week to buy more cards. Yeah, know, the, the so
0: I don't know, it's, but it, it just makes me sad, I guess. Uh, it really goes, bound, goes back to I want to be independently wealthy. And run my, like, big awesome yeah. game store where everyone can just play stuff. And I'll, if I sell something, I'm like, oh, that's cool. If I don't, I'm like, whatever. Like,
1: whatever. I'm wealthy. <laughs> I just stay open. It's yeah. fun.
0: Uh, yeah. Other, But I had a good time. And DM Nathan came down. So we went together. And, ah, and cool. he bought some terrain and stuff. And it was fun. So Very prepping cool. for the return of uh, our fifth edition game that I haven't been to for the last, like, two months. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. But I'll get to that later.
1: Very cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Upcoming dates are uh DCC Days is July 16th. Uh, I will be participating, yep. even though might do something online. I'm not sure yet. Uh but the big fifth edition thing is Radiant Citadel, is now this yeah, month, I'm liking July it. 19th. more and
1: more I see about it. I like yeah, more I, and more. I saw I videos. I like it a lot.
0: Yep. Uh we'll see, we'll see how the adventures are, but I I like the episodicness of it, and I kinda mm-hmm. I just kind of like. I want to have like a session of D anD D, and if somebody misses, it's like oh whatever, and then we could like play the next session because they're yeah. like oh yeah, you didn't go through that door, it was amazing,
1: so,
0: <laughs> uh, and it'll be cool to have a new chunk of lore, like a new yeah, uh, and I say new not in that it's going to replace sigil or sigil, but like a new central hub that you could mysteriously mm-hmm. wander into, and I like out that. on the ethereal yeah.
1: plane, right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I'm
0: hoping that it's one of those things that I can use. Going forward, that it's not just a hub and a bunch of adventures, but actually a fleshed out city that I could yeah. then run an adventure in the city is kind of what I want. So yes. we'll see.
1: Or just you could base a campaign and many adventures and many. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd like that. And from what I've seen, and we're, we're going to get to it here in a little bit, they've been posting more and more videos from the authors of different pieces mm-hmm. like they've done with the other books. And these ones are really capturing my attention when they talk about them. Like, oh, the other ones are pretty good when they talked about them. The yeah. other books and, and the authors that were writing for those. But this one's really grabbing me.
0: Yeah, no, they're they're just they, they the people writing seem very passionate about what they wrote. And that's mm-hmm. like a great sell for me where I'm like, oh, yeah, you weren't told to write about this. You were <laughs> told to, like, do something you want. And it's like, oh, OK, so yeah. pretty great. Uh, Gen Con is August and we are Whoa, both going. So very excited. excited. Um, I got some of my Gen GenCon uh, tickets in the mail, so I don't have to wait in line to get my tickets. And I have begun
1: I, to start looking at hotels like a hawk to see if we can to get jump a closer, closer one. Yeah, it still may happen. Oh, Okay. <laughs> so, I, and I know we'll be you know con- communicating back and forth and mm-hmm. arranging schedules for wh- whenever you fly in or you gotta get back to your airport and stuff. But I'm hoping to get as close to the to the center. Especially, like, if we could be across the street or just right there walking That's distance, the dream. it would be so good.
0: That's the dream. Because, so, like, sometimes I it. need to recharge my batteries. yeah, And I just want to go sleep for an hour. And then I'll go back and play. But exactly. sleeping for an hour, trying to get, like, all the way across town to get to your... Uh, your I almost yeah. said airport, but to get to your hotel. Yeah. yeah. But and I I'm feel like excited. there's just
1: a lot of things going on. Even when they shut down, like, the, the event hall where... It's kind of like the vendor hall only stays open till, is it five? I think, and then they shut it down. But then all those rooms are filled till about nine o'clock and they're running games and stuff. Oh, but yeah. But then yeah. everybody gets into the hallways because I don't think they ever shut the whole thing down. And people are just hanging out in the hallways at all hours of the night, yeah. you know, doing stuff, games, and picking a corner and just rolling, you know, playing card games on the floor or found some chairs. And, you know, so I just think it'd be cool if if we were that close. We could be walking around and interacting with the group that does stay there much later than what we would do, is where we'd be there from five or six. We might go to dinner and then we'd head back to the Yeah, because you get dinner and you're like, okay, I'm yeah, tired. Okay. Yeah. But
0: that's what I'm saying. I need that like battery recharge yeah. nap because I'm, I'm an old man. So that's what no. happens. Uh, very excited for that. And then after that is uh, Spelljammer 5e for yes. August
1: 16th. I'm Two not. Two books in a tired. row, I'm buying.
0: Two books in a row. Right? Well,
1: a box set, I guess. A book and a well, box yeah, set. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: You're gonna get Radiant Citadel and this because you're excited about that. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. For sure. Cause they I'm gonna use Spelljammer in my Radiant Citadel. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm excited for that. It's gonna be I don't know. I want I don't I guess I don't want more information, but I was looking at some of the minis that they mm-hmm. have uh, announced, that WizKids has announced for specifically the ships for like the ship combat. And yeah, then I was nice. like pairing them up with older ships and I'm like okay they're calling this ship something different and I'm gonna make a video on it I've been working on it
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: but lot it's pretty 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 cool
1: I feel like that's a ripe Kickstarter for somebody to come in and just start taking all these humanoid races that you would normally kind of bump into in a dD game and then figure out well what is their spelljammer ship like what is that version yeah. of a dwarven spelljammer what yeah. is the version of a gnomish Spell jammer ship. What is the version of a wood elven, you know, or, or even the more exotic ones, sun yeah thing. moon elf, like, yeah,
0: yeah? What's what's a backseat co- like
1: <laughs> ship backs. look like? You know, yeah, like, a triton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a triton. That would cool. ship. That'd be so good. I would love that. It'd be the uh, black pearl coming up <laughs> from the ocean. It'd be so, so good.
0: So that is August 16th, pending no uh, more delays and delivery failures and stuff. But uh, it's very true. Everybody's very true. I mean, I, I hate to just keep saying supply chain, but I guess it really was. Everything was interconnected so much that now yeah. uh, and I, I think of like traffic paper, like right? yeah,
1: paper and packaging, I think, is what did it because every Kickstarter was it's going to take a little bit longer than normal. It was every product started coming out. It was going to take a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. Shipping was going to take a little bit longer than normal. And it always seemed to come down to either paper because they had to print on that or paper because they had to package it or, you know, it was like, yeah, it was just like this weird, we need like, I guess, lots of trees that are uh, very, you can grow them like in a year so you can have farms of them and they just keep growing and growing and growing. We can make good paper out of that and then well, get and out the same of this thing paper with, uh, shortage.
0: I mean, I know we're not, talking about shortages and stuff, but like lumber got really expensive too. And it's probably for the same reason, you know, paper and lumber, they're all coming from the same thing. So yeah. Yep. Pretty crazy. Um, Zine quest four is going to be this August on on Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Now we talked about this before, um, Mm -hmm. because specifically Zine quest moved from February to August. Uh, and I don't ever really know why, like, It seemed like everybody hated it, but they moved it for some reason. Mm. Um, And everyone was just kind of upset about it. And some people participated, but enough people were upset about it that they made a, uh, not Zine Quest. they called it something else. Um, But they made a whole, like, other website. And it's like, please do it here. Here are the different ways you can fund. Don't use Kickstarter. And I think a lot of it was with the blockchain technology that they were upset about which I think Kickstarter has backed off on a little, but not fully. Um, I'm also, this is a tangent, but uh, Backerkit is now doing their own funding service. So, you know, yeah, it's not like use Kickstarter to fund and then use Backerkit to fulfill. Backerkit's going to be an all-in-one place to do all of Mm -hmm.
1: it. The pledge manager thing that you always give. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: so not not just the pledge manager. They're going to actually be a crowdfunding site. I think it's active now. I think you could use Backerkit if you want. Um, And I know itch.io, they also did a, uh, it's not so much a Kickstarter backing thing, but it's usually like, if I get to this tier of money, I'll rewrite my game and make it like this. And so they have these uh, stretch goals kind of in there. So if you buy it, you know that later on, if you convince enough other people to buy it, then it will go, uh, Oh, he got to 10,000. Well, he promised us when he did that, he would like rewrite these rules or expand upon it. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that there's a few DMs Guild creators that are doing that as well. Uh, but just in the comment section of the DMs Guild, they're like, hey, if I sell this many copies, that's when I'll like finish these rules. And I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that, but on itch.io, I think it's awesome. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. cool.
1: Okay, so now I, now I need a tangent question before you move on. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this idea that Kickstarter the main one that we know of, but I'm sure some of the other ones do it. Do you think it's the the step goals that push those numbers higher, or do you just think it's the people, they just have that big of an audience, and that big of an audience is going to buy it, whether they had a, its one-step goal or 50-step goals? That's a hard sell. I don't know, because
0: usually yeah. I... I don't back because of the stretch goals. Like, Oh, I, I hope that I'm going to back because I want to see the stretch. goal yeah. get We're to almost here. there,
1: hundred thousand. dollars. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, it's usually not that, but I do look at Kickstarters and say, Oh, this is funded at like a hundred thousand dollars. What extra stuff do I get? And yeah. then I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Like I, I get all this extra stuff because it already reached that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Poor Oliver's upset. Maybe maybe that's the way it is. Then
1: maybe I was thinking of it backwards. It's not about here's a goal and that gets you to, to try to get to the goal. It's the campaigns ran for five days. Here's extra stuff you can get. So now if you get in now, you got the original thing, which was cool. But, because it's gotten so popular, you got these five things, yeah, so you want to get in now, yeah, no, so you're not looking at the step that's coming up, exactly. you're looking at the steps that already happened, yeah, maybe that's the philosophy, and maybe that's it.'s it,
0: like, uh, it feels like a better deal because uh-huh. for the same amount of money, I'm getting all of these extra stuff, like mothership was great like that, like i uh, yeah. the mothership campaign was like, I bought the base set, and then. They're like, if we reach all this stuff, you'll get an extra campaign. You'll get this. Mm -hmm. You'll get a sticker. You'll get a patch. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool.
1: But I, I do feel like I'm the way you described it the first one. I just know when there's a Kickstarter I want and I'm in. I like it just hit the button. It doesn't matter if I'm the first person The 29th person or the millionth person, I was like, that's the Kickstarter I want to be a part of. I just hit the button and I don't even, then I find out what I got or what I didn't get or, you know, what was going on. I'm just like, and I've heard from G.I. Joe, yeah, I'm in, you know, just like whatever.
0: I've heard from professionals that the first two days and the last two days are your biggest. So the first two days, you want to get as much as you can so that you're floating at that top page. And then the last two days, there is a huge fear of missing out. And that's okay. when you get a lot Full of people out. who are like, oh, I'll never get this game unless I do it. Like they've been kind of thinking about it all week. Mm-hmm. And then finally they're like, oh, there's enough stretch goals now that I'll, it's worth my while. Maybe that's how they think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just like, I'm, I'm missing out. Yeah. You um, will never
1: get this fig again. This is a one-time only during
0: the Kickstarter. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, I was thinking about that with uh, Colville. Actually, this is a good question because Colville's Flea Mortals book I was like yeah. I've got so many monster books. I honestly don't care. Like he I feel like he's making monsters more complicated with that book. Granted I haven't read it just the preview. Oh, right. Okay. Um and it it How might d- be really good and in the right hands it might be really good, but the more I was thinking about it I'm like I get lost already with monsters. I just kind of want to know if they hit or miss. Um that I I backed it. I I unbacked it because I was like, I'm done. And then sure enough, like two days before it went out, I'm like, I have to own it. Like everyone's going to be talking about it. So then I I got it again. So, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm in. I'm all in because I like the idea of uh, more interesting. But he said in his video that they also tried to make it easier to run it. I hope so. So I'm hoping they're thinking about not only do we make the monsters more interesting, but that's not just by complicated big paragraphs of stuff that you have to. And try that's to what figure I saw. Out in the middle of a game. Like in the but middle of a game, I, I saw that yeah. goblin
0: stat block, and I'm like, yeah. "That's a goblin." Like, what I need, do I do? I need a goblin. <laughs> I need just like a. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. So. I thought they were going to be make it. Maybe they were going to bullet point it so it was easier, or they were going to do something. I thought, but I could we'll be see. wrong. Maybe we'll not.
0: See. Yeah. And who
1: knows? I might read we're it, and in, it's like, so oh we'll no, th-
0: like <laughs> it would be interesting to do a book where it's like, here are the base rules, um, for every monster. Mm-hmm. And now that you understand that complicated, these other stat blocks will be a little easier to navigate, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, whereas like I feel the monster manual repeats itself so many times in a way. Uh mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I don't know. I I've never really done like a deep dive on like monster design, but there you go.
1: So <laughs> one other good thing about his Kickstarters, just from a personal standpoint, every t-shirt I've gotten from them has been high quality has not faded. It's been really nice. I've Good. been wearing them for like three years. So yeah. that's not that's not common in trying to buy DD t-shirts. Sometimes you hit and miss and like after a year of wearing it, the thing's gone and it just turns into a, a colored t-shirt.
0: I bought an X-Men shirt for my yeah. play because I was supposed to have nerdy shirts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I and, liked your
1: sneakers in that picture you took. But yeah. Keep
0: going. <laughs> and my X-Men shirt got all uh, ruined in the dryer. And I was like, ah. this is a terrible shirt. Yeah. I would not pay money on this. Bad Amazon review. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so ZineQuest, that's what we were talking about. They're they're yeah. they're in August. Uh, Kickstarter has announced that they, they're like, sorry. And now they're going back to uh, February starting next year. So I don't know why they did this, but they did it. Hmm. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, it's going back there. I think they've already done the damage. And a lot of people are moving to other crowd sources. Uh, although from what I hear from creators you're not going to be able to um, anytime you do something away from kickstarter there's people who are just unwilling to register on that website yeah, so it's I like i'm that. already registered on kickstarter i'm willing to buy it there but the minute that yeah. you're like well you need to go to itch and make an account oh no i'm mm-hmm. not gonna do it go fund so, me or, yeah i've been so, hearing
1: about three or four other ones that have been popping up yeah, yeah.
0: and so and now backer kit's kind of the same thing um, the mm-hmm. lucky thing about Backerkit is because of Kickstarter, a lot of people Being already have Backerkit uh, <laughs> things, and they're accounts. already, yeah, accounts, yeah. and they're already willing to, to go forward with that. So I think that's going to be the big like Kickstarter rival going forward, but mm-hmm. we'll
1: see. Well, I got in the mail, I didn't put it in the notes, um, did you ever remember we talked about Critical Core was a fifth edition version that they were making for um, accessibility Um, role-playing and so it was like built so that kids and colorblind and they had all kinds of different things in there that had to do with the lots of ways to bring in people that wouldn't normally be able to get to play um, Dungeons and Dragons and it was really geared towards people who work with um, you know at-risk kids or uh, you know people with needs of some sort Mm -hmm. and this was like okay we're gonna build a box set so they still get to play Dungeons and Dragons Game and they still get 5e, and we're going to turn it into something that makes it so that you know it's not maybe as complicated, it still has that, but it's accessible for a lot more people. Um, but what I liked about that Kickstarter, and I just got mine as a box set. One of the options you could check off was I get one, but then you could also have one and have it sent to a, a center somewhere in the country, oh, like a school where they something. could have yeah, it, yeah, like so it'd be like a school oh, or yep, anything like that. So. That was really cool. So when I saw mine come in, I got the thank you note from the place that it went to the second one that I put in because I just checked it and said, cool yeah, one. let's do this. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. And it's pretty high quality. It was one that took almost, I feel like two years or two and a half. They took a really yeah. long time on this one, but I did finally get it. So I was super happy about it. So I like that one. I like the idea that you can check a box when you're doing these and say for $15, we'll send a copy over to the high schools or we'll send it yep. over to this kids center or you know i think they should add a few more of those things in if people just want to you know nice easy okay here you go i'll just click this box another 10 bucks out you know and i it'll help somebody else that's out there yeah so, that's super cool very cool what uh, is this easy d6 though you've got have you interested. heard about this here. no okay so <laughs> i've been waiting <laughs>
0: we're gonna talk about easy d6 uh yeah. dm scotty he's a youtuber okay and Runehammer games which is hank fernell who does he's got the Runehammer YouTube? He's an old, uh, not old as in his body, but old uh, as in one of those early D and YouTubers like mm-hmm. uh, with Matt Click and uh, oh, yeah, Nate yeah, yeah. from WAD twenty and stuff like the original people that were making mm-hmm. a lot of these videos. Um, he stopped doing the YouTube stuff kind of as frequently because he started a game company, Runehammer Games, and he's been making games. He made index card RPG. Where he wrote and I did all of the that. art for it, uh, very good, very. I, I mean, I've only read it, but it's it's pretty good. They they just it was released on the shelf another
1: at my uh, yeah bookstore. Yeah, yeah.
0: well, yeah. The, so Runehammer Games just released a um like the ultimate edition, I guess. And mm-hmm. with that, it's print on demand at drive through. But he also got like a a professional published book made, and so that's mm-hmm. why you're seeing it at game stores is because they're yeah. they're sending it out. So, I think it was
1: in my picture when I had the G.I. Joe held up and I had the other one. I made sure in the background, because I saw this RPG index card book that I kept, my eyes kept going to. I'm like, that's a really good idea. An RPG built around you're writing things on index cards and you're putting them on the table, and that's maybe building the world or the things that are happening, and you're just constantly creating. I thought that was such a cool idea. I was like, maybe I should buy that book, but I got the other ones. <laughs> well,
0: and that's that's not entirely the game. Uh, it might the not idea be. I just, yeah. yeah, I was about to say, I don't want people to get confused. So index card RPG is like, your character sheet is on an index card. Like everything's supposed I to like be really that. precise and, and straightforward. And so, uh, and then, yeah, like, oh, you have a, a plus one sword or something. You give it a cool name, you hand them an index card. That's what's on their inventory and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. I like that. And it has a unique system, but we're not talking about that right now. Maybe later. We'll talk about it next time. (laughs) But DM Scotty has been working on this system called uh, Easy D6. And the reason I bring it up is because we talked about Jordan's modular D6 that he's been working on, Uh, albeit I have not been working on it at all in the past year, really. Um, I did, like, four or five playtests and realized I needed to go back to development and Mm -hmm. and kind of hammer it out. Uh, He... It's it's a great game. It's a it apparently DM Scotty has been refining this and running this D6 system game for the past um uh like 5 or 7 years or something. And so he would go to conventions and like start running it and people would give him feedback and whatever. And uh it's just a really simple fun game that revolves around uh D6s and the idea is is that you're trying to hit a target number like 5 or a 6 in order to succeed. But if you're trained in something, if you're like proficient in it, you get, uh, advantage instead of, and then if you're not proficient in it, you get disadvantage. So that's kind of the main, or if you're like, I'm stuck in the mud. Well, now you have disadvantage. And he just took that simple mechanic and applied it to your skills rather than, uh, being lucky in a situation like 5e kind of does it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know, it, it was, it's really cool. It looks a lot of fun, uh, Hank Fernell did all of the art for it, so the art's really fun and the cool. The art looks
1: great, yeah.
0: Um, I I ended up getting a print on demand copy because it just seemed really cool. And reading through the whole thing, I'm like, "Dang you, DM Scotty! This is a lot of this is what I was trying to do with Modular D6, but I didn't quite have the tools figured out in my head." And mm-hmm. as I'm reading this, he has uh, the the game master doesn't roll any dice, which is what I wanted, and monsters oh. have um, like a two hit and then to be hit by number. And it's usually the same. So if it's like, oh, I have like a level three monster. You're like, well, he's got so many hit points. um, But in order to dodge his attack, you have to roll a three or higher. In order to hit him, you have to roll a three or higher. And he did that. He just made it very simple, very Mm -hmm. straightforward. Uh, And something else I think you'll really like about this book is that there are no uh, spell slots. Every spell mm. is something you come up with on your own in the moment. You kind of have a negotiation with the the dungeon master, which he calls it something weird. I forget, but it's the dungeon master. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the dungeon master sets a difficulty between one and six, and then you have to hit that with your magic dice. Uh, and it's a really cool risk reward. And there's a spell burn mechanic, so you could take damage to ins- to bump up your your uh, spell to ensure that it succeeds. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it looks really fun. I would like to try it out and see what mechanics I enjoy. And then I kind of want to, uh, manipulate it further for my modular D6. Cause we it, need to
1: bring yeah. this to Gen Con then maybe. Oh, I can do, yeah, I'll totally bring it to Gen Con. God, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it's great. That remi- you know, that was one of the cool features of Cypher system that I was really impressed with was the idea that the GM got to sit back and when a creature wanted to hit you as a GM, you just said you have to dodge what's happening. Yeah. So the player's rolling. The players have the dice. And then, you know, I can sit back and do my notes. And then they're like, oh, I want to hit this thing. Oh, well, you got to beat this number. And I'm just writing down, you know, I have my things. Yep. I have my stuff. I don't have to have dice all over. I don't I have like to roll for seven yeah. different creatures. Yeah. Like the players are doing it and they're rolling dice all over the place. And they get all that action. And I think it keeps them... Involved even when it's not their turn because the dice are rolling, their dice are rolling, their friends. Die- you know, I just thought it was a cool concept that. And this and I is don't know very if Monty invented that, but
0: it was yeah, yeah. cool when I saw it. You know, no, no, and and I think uh, for me personally, Numenera was the first time I I was exposed to a system that does that.
1: Yeah. Like the
0: idea of like, wait, what? Like you set a difficulty <laughs> and you're trying to hit it, but like the yep. monsters could also be a difficulty and you're trying mm-hmm. to hit that monster, like. Or the monster's trying to hit you and you're trying to dodge it. Like, it's such a simple idea, but it drastically changes the game. And I agree. Like, the players are more invested because they're like, wait, I'm being hit? Ah!" And, you know, and all of a sudden they're Mm -hmm. refocused as opposed to, well, now it's my turn. I've got seven monsters I've got to roll a bunch of dice for. Oh, you got hit. You got hit. Does an 18 hit? And I feel
1: like you can stay focused on narrative and you can stay focused on what you want to spring on them next. You're not focused on counting my dice up. You're not. Yeah. Focused on your math. when I'm not focused on bonuses. I'm not focused on (laughs) anything. The
0: player knows their bonuses. I just know that this is like a level 15 monster and you have to roll a 15 or higher, you know, kind of.
1: Such a good idea. I'm glad that that was something you were thinking about putting into your game. And it's awesome that they've already had it in this easy D6 game. So so
0: it you know, the title is really good. It's easy. It's nothing Mm -hmm. but D6s. I think they say you'll never need more than like five or six to play um like you'll never roll more than like five or six d6 but uh Mm -hmm. it's a really cool idea there's no leveling mechanic and i think that's my one flaw with it um Mm. because i like to level i like to like what do we what do i get progression Progression. and he says like well you can progress by like getting a castle or like a companion or something and i was like yeah Mm. but like i like new abilities Mm-hmm. I don't know and it's hard with a, a d6 system like this because you can't add a lot of plus one bonuses like the minute you do yeah. that a lot of this breaks down um yeah. but man for conventions like this seems like so much fun like take any yeah, adventure it sounds fun. you could create a, a character really quick so uh I'll put a link down below um to art looks great uh, too. I should have said this earlier but I'll put an affiliate link if you guys want it it's mm-hmm. I I highly recommend it and I plan on doing a jocular junction video on it at some point uh, Lex and I recorded like two videos. I was just going to say Lex was
1: blabbing yeah. about you guys putting some videos. On. He was, was just like, oh, really well, excited and I'm wanted to record. So stuff. <laughs> we
0: recorded two videos last night and then I was like, well, I've got a lot to edit. So basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Very cool. So I, I saw, uh, YouTube, Uh, specifically Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast YouTube, they're doing a lot of videos. It kind of makes sense because Stranger Things and Vecna, and they're focusing on things like that. And these ones
1: kind of tie into Radiant Citadel. Well, that's what I I wanted to ask.
0: Like, are they? Like, what's going on? Yeah, they do.
1: Some of these, like, especially the Feywild of the Far Realm, that's one of the adventures from the Radiant Citadel. Oh, okay. And the author who talks about it is she's... Her and her family are from Venezuela and she got to use a lot of the folklore and things that are really cool from, you know, the Amazon forest and and that area of the world and and put it into this adventure. And she so she wanted that. But she said, I want that little piece of like Venezuela in my little corner of the Feywild, because that was the thing that really drew her to, you know, they kind of seem very similar. If you were if you ever thought, where's the Feywild on our planet? That's probably a good place to look for oh, it would be okay. the Amazon, right? And so she really was super excited about explaining, you know, this area. So the one that uh, I had had watched was Wild of the Far Realm. But then even, you know, Ken- Kendrick is really um, doing a lot of, you know, the Shadowfell. They were talking about how it used to be the Plane of Darkness, but they call it the Shadowfell and how it's kind of evolved and yeah. how it's kind of different than... If you're playing a, a, a Curse of Strahd game, it can be similar, but it is def, it can also be very different. Yeah. And, you know, darker themes, um, you know, and it was just like this. I thought, oh, this is really cool how Chris Perkins was describing it. And again, uh, some of these kind of tie into, one, Stranger Things, which is happening now. And some of them are tying in or they, they make the link to... Um, the radiant citadel book that's coming out too so because in that you're in you know the ethereal plane but you're able to go to other planes Mm -hmm. and that's what the whole book is about these adventures that allow you to go to those places so i thought it was cool they talk about mind flayers and they talk about the demogorgon yeah and they talk about you know these what that list right there i mean come on that's a list we love right there of shadowfell mind flayers demogorgon you get to listen to chris perkins talk about stuff yeah uh yeah. specifically the Shadowfell video, he
0: was like, well, which I he's like, he worked on uh creating the Gloom Rot yeah And that is one of my favorite fourth edition supplements. Uh yeah. it is so useful, even from mm-hmm. a um fifth edition standpoint. I, I love it. I used it a whole bunch when I was running that Shadowfell game. Um and just the like oppression that your players feel because they're just in mm-hmm. this weird negative, like hopeless energy plane kind of a thing so yeah i was excited because i i don't i don't think i put it together that he either like wrote or or was the lead designer on that but i was like oh it's Mm -hmm. probably why i like it so much because i just like chris perkins stuff so yeah yeah
1: (laughs) it's very cool and I, i that's one of my favorite other realms of the ones that you could pick from that you know are are within the the D D sphere—that's one I always kind of just lean into. I—I I would love a whole book on Shadowfell. I would love a big compendium. I would love a big adventure set there. We've gotten a few where your your adventure might go there or might touch on it, but. We haven't had like a, a full dedicated like they used to do with like the Plains books or something, just like a full dedicated one. Yeah, not for that. fifth
0: edition, obviously, but Yeah. Uh although I feel like Yeah, maybe could, some of the other editions I feel like for you sure. could take well, fourth edition had Gloomrot, which was like Everything mm-hmm. Shadowfell, and then here's a very detailed sandbox city you can play in, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, which is why I liked it so much. Uh but pre fourth edition it was the negative energy plane and it was just this like dark mirror of the world it wasn't until they created it the Shadowfell, fell and actually called it that and stuff yeah um but uh Speaking of that, I was going to ask you, because uh, Stranger Things dropped last night, so clearly at midnight you started watching, I assume.
1: Or... <laughs> clearly, this whole weekend, I am binge-watching all episodes. And I might start from number one to Ooh, go all the way through. And I've already watched them three times before, so I might watch them the fourth time to get into the next season and then watch both parts of the season. That might be my holiday weekend. I started... and stop uh, I watched
0: episode eight and nine are the last two to come out and i watched mm-hmm. eight today uh during my lunch break i was like oh i gotta watch it because I, mm-hmm. I i have been like the hype has been real i guess netflix servers yeah. crashed when it came out oh, because all these people were like i gotta watch it now mm-hmm. um and then i started nine but it's two and a half hours log and i was like Ooh. okay this is a movie i'm watching it after i record with Lucian." so <laughs> once oliver goes to bed i'm gonna watch yes. i'm gonna watch this so yes. um but these are these are fun interesting videos i like that They're, uh, you know, they stopped doing lore, you should know. I don't know if if Greg Tito's just kind of not doing content anymore in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure he's still working at Wizards. Um, Where did I see him? This was Todd Kenrick is the new Todd, like Greg Tito in the sense of uh, he's not doing Twitch so much, but like the production content for YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I've missed stuff like this. Where it's like, I'm just gonna talk to Chris about like mm-hmm. random pieces of lore or monsters and like how has it changed through the editions and stuff. So they've been mm-hmm. really fun videos to watch.
1: But yeah. And and I liked how they tied it a little bit where Chris was saying, you know, yes, they they talk about a mind flare, they talk about a demogorgon in the show. But even Chris was saying, I'm so glad that they they made it like it was a dungeon master's own. Demogorgon or is this Dungeon Master's Mind Flavor uh-huh. so they had their own flavor just like a DM might put their own flavor on their version even though we might know of the 5e stat block version we might know of the 4e version we yeah. might know of the 1e version you know and I thought that's that's a cool way to make sure everybody knows you can have these creatures but you still can put twists and turns on them and you can, you can change them or massage them enough so it fits in what you want to do in your game And it still works out. You know, your upside down could still—it's Shadowfell, but you just call it the upside down, or you call it the—you know—the mirror world, or you call it negative plane, or you know, whatever it is. And it does this cool stuff. So I did like how they tie that together, and it's great to listen to Chris talk about because he always talks about the history. He always talks about like his enthusiasm for that thing, and then what he got to do when working on it. So you get like the whole kind of gambit of. What was it before and why he liked it? And then, you know, what did he get to do when he got the chance? I just love that kind of storytelling. So Yeah. Very cool. cool. Good good videos. All four of them are out there on um their their YouTube channel has started to show some more of these now because they've been doing a lot of live plays. Every yeah. now and then talking to authors of those that yeah, are doing. Legends of the a lot, lot of thinkers. anthology
0: they've been pushing that yeah. really hard and uh yeah
1: so a lot of those live plays are floating out there but uh these yeah. are good these are really good but i like these videos these are my favorites for sure are we ready for a pizo update yeah let's talk about where's Paizo. where's my pizo fans Whoa. they're they're in chat hopefully hopefully put Raise their hands up pizo <laughs>
0: i should make a pizo emoji that yes. we could like use, and then people could oh, sure. paizo because I got a DCC emoji, the beer style, yeah. which is a Pizo emoji, exactly
1: or a pathfinder. Um, so, what would
0: you prefer, pathfinder or Pizo emoji? I pathfinder.
1: think Pizo, because they've got enough couple of cool product. We talk about Starfinder. star, we yeah, talk yeah. about pathfinder. Okay.
0: Yeah, we get Pizo That's cool. That's cool.
1: What's happening in so, Pizo? So they announced uh, the next books, next adventure path that we're going to be looking at. Bloodlords sounded super cool. An adventure path in what they call their Land of and I don't know a ton about this, but if only I knew a lore channel that could devote their lore skills into YouTube videos that would tell me all about the lands yeah, of Pathfinder. Yeah, that's what I need Pathfinder to Pathfinder. I need to start a, if a fourth only I knew channel. somebody. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> if I, I only knew somebody. But I this think one there are cool. some lore channels
0: for Pathfinder, actually. Oh, there you has to should go to look be. out there, yeah. There has to be. Yeah, yeah. No, but I want Jordan. You want because Jordan.
1: does it so good. <laughs> I want his voice is just like, "Mm." (laughs) it's like that guy. He gets me. Great. He gets me right here.
0: (laughs) It's like honey on my ears.
1: Yeah. So, this is the land of Geb. And what I've learned of this is this sounds like the land of the dead. So, this is the place where sentient undead, non sentient undead, just if you could think of a whole world, continent, country, or whatever ties back in with your all undead stuff. Exactly. And that the, um, it's all here in Geb, and the Bloodlords rule Geb, apparently. So I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And so the adventure path starts you out, a one through six adventure path, really diving into this Bloodlords and easily helps you bring in all of your um, Book of the Dead kind of stuff that they've just released and talked about. So I thought that was really cool. They do have like a, a player's guide that, you know, talks about creating That's characters free. in Geb. I'm looking at it right now, this and, is cool. Yeah. all kinds of cool stuff and there's a gm's they're like if you want to know more about it from a gm standpoint then pick up the very first adventure that's out there which is zombie feast is the name of it and that's number one of the sixth adventure path and this is the one area i know i've said it before but i'm gonna keep bringing it up i am impressed with the way they create an adventure path they give you five to six and they just keep rolling them out like in some ways um Wizard of the Coast does a one-off book, and you really almost never get back to it, right? You never, you kind of, it does, you get Storm King's Thunder, and it's a, its its book, it's big, but then you're kind of done with it, and you're moving along to these other things. It's not like, here's Storm King's Thunder 1, and here's Storm King's Thunder 2, and 5, and 7, you know? So I was just like, this is an interesting way of doing all these adventure paths that you could just, go one through six and you could have your whole year planned out of role playing for your, for your group. And and I I wonder if it makes
0: more sense to release. I don't know. I'm wondering like financially, if it makes more sense to release it all in one book or to release it like part by part, Uh, probably from a writing standpoint, it's like, we can all focus on this like 40 page adventure. And then Mm -hmm. while people are playing that, you can focus on the next 40 page adventure to get the entire game out, you know? Uh, Or that story that you want to tell, um, as opposed to let's get the whole book out. But that's how modules used to be. And then you would be like, oh, I want to play this level seven module. And you'd see that it's actually part three of four. And you're like, oh, what happened before? I better go pick Mm -hmm. up the other two. Like, that's how I would think. But so I kind of like this. But I miss how I miss old modules like that. But and again, that's.
1: dm's guild that's where they're pushing yeah. that those kind of creators so and you would get a little bit of this like if, if you bought dungeon magazine or if you bought dragon magazine yeah. back in the day they'd put a, a few page adventure in there and it might be one of a series of six that you could do and you could Which do the one ran, or you could do them all
0: yeah you ran a dragon yeah. plus adventure so they're still kind of doing that every once in a while
1: yeah a yeah. little bit um and i just yeah so i just i really think it's interesting because it, i feel like it's a piece that sets them apart from wizards a little bit so oh, I think yeah that's super- and it had Kenku art on the front. Yeah. Cover, so. You get me. If you got Kenku dressed up in some cool, you know, suit or armor. Oh, or I got to tell outfit, you this. So so good. <laughs> I just
0: finished recording a review of the Doomed Forgotten Realms Gazetteer. Um, and the, the ruler of Candlekeep, which is the big library uh, yeah. in this Doomed Forgotten Realms, is a Kenku lich named Tome. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, (laughs) Oh, my mind is racing with the possibilities of a (laughs) Kenku Lich named Tome that runs a library. So anyway, back to back Uh, to Paisa. Sorry. (laughs) That's how you
1: get a good hook, you know, a good character, a good concept and you got a good hook. So I really love that. Then the other thing that I did uh, notice that they started talking about upcoming soon. So we'll see more about it. The dark archive. So this is like all stuff, supernatural and all stuff, you know, paranormal and oh, I thought, okay. oh, that's going to be kind of cool. What What is the paranormal like in this type of world? And this book is really going to dive into that with the Dark Archive. So I'm sure it'll have backgrounds and, and archetypes and all the things that come with, you know, building Pathfinder characters and building, you know, okay. um psychic stuff. stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I believe like this is kind of like their psychic piece coming in. Um, so that looked really cool to me. The, right now, the um Drift Crisis is still going with Starfinder and I think that looks really cool. But all in all, um you know, I think Pathfinder still pulling stuff out. I don't know if we'll see more stuff for um Gen Con or not if there's going to be some big announcements there or if they've kind of gotten through all their announcements now and it's just like you'll go and see all these things that they've already talked about. Oh, we'll yeah. see, maybe they'll surprise us. And then the last thing I I saw I got there was a Adam he had posted a day or so ago on Twitter that, Hey, we're going to do an announcement. Um, come join us. And I was out where I couldn't join Adam him as Br- Bradford or whatever. Right. Yeah. Adam but Bradford old D&D I, beyond guy. <laughs> I always think his, his Twitter name's like bad. Eye Adam, I think, or something. It's always like that. Mm-hmm. And they announced the, now I think we knew this vampire. The masquerades was getting its own nexus on their, you know, the, the nexus website, which, um, creates these portals for you to play these different games very similar to you know D D beyond and but what i think was new is that when you go to the page there's stuff there now it actually most of it's there i think there i thought i saw like some rules were there i saw the clans were there they had a bunch of stuff written up already they okay. were saying that the character generator or the character archive piece where you'd be able to create characters and keep them the vault mm-hmm. kind of thing would be coming this year 2022. So, you know, we've got a few months at least. So maybe we're going to see that, you know, towards third quarter, fourth quarter of 2022, and we'll be able to create, um, Vampire the Masquerade characters. But the other ones are still in there because it was like, you know, um, free leagues is coming still. The Marvel one is out there now. Um, We're still waiting. They've got most of the rules and everything for the Pathfinder one. I'm still waiting for the character builder. I'm guessing it's all coming kind of at once. So I'm getting excited about these pages are getting updated and they're getting closer and closer to really unveiling them. And I think when they do, there's going to be a nice big bump in popularity for Pathfinder and Starfinder, I think, in these because the Nexus could really drive people i think to check it out it's gonna be easier to check out than it ever has been before the rules are going to be more accessible than they ever have been before and i think more people will take a look at it so i'm excited i think it's a good good times for paizo right now they're doing a great job over there something uh we didn't talk about that i forgot until just now because we're talking about
0: uh virtual tabletops is that uh roll 20 partnered with the dm's guild and so you'll be able to make dm's guild like the whole adventure or your mm-hmm. uh, class or whatever you made, you could convert it to DM's Guild like path or ability. And then people could mm-hmm. download it and put it on there. And that's huge because I think a lot of those, uh, I was thinking of like exploring Eberron. I've been reading a lot of Eberron stuff. And exploring Eberron is Keith Baker's uh, DM's Guild supplement. It has some really cool uh, alternate races like the knoll is in there and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I can't use it in D&D Beyond. Right. Well, with okay. this partnership, hypothetically they could put it into uh Roll 20 and I was like, "Well, that would be an excuse for me to use Roll 20 because mm-hmm. if it has the extra classes that I want." Makes me wonder if d Beyond's going to do that or if they're going to be like, "No, we're pure." I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I have been seeing a lot of the kickstarters for these new cheese They're usually partnering or picking their kind of chosen VTT that yeah. they're going to work with, whether it's roll 20 or foundry or fantasy grounds or it's or just all maps these other ones. like dungeon crawl classics yeah. has
0: been doing this where it's like you could here's the the virtual tabletop and I yeah. bought one but all it was was like tokens and maps it's not a character generator or anything yeah. uh, and I hope that the the uh roll 20 one is not that i mean at the very least, it would be cool to have maps to import. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I really want like here's how here's the class, here's
1: how it works,
0: here's the math yeah. behind it, so you don't have to figure nope. it out. Kind
1: of. I, I I really want. I was tr- gonna try to teach myself how to be a character sheet designer for Roll Twenty because I was so fascinated. I thought that would be such a fun job in my mind. Maybe not anybody else <laughs> will think this, but like I would be able to take the character sheet how it's written and worked out, but then in the background, and hopefully it wasn't too hard to learn programming-wise, the, the, you could say, okay, so if they put a, f- a 14 here, they get a plus one here, yeah. you know, and I could just easily make manipulate and make that happen, and then I could just build all these different character sheets that work for all these different games, and I could have fun just doing all the math minutia and, and pointing things around. I just, I think their tool set is a little bit above me, but I know as we get, um, more and more technologically all the tools are getting easier and easier and easier to use for anybody just to pick a tool up and say i i couldn't program before but now look at what i can do in unreal 5 because i just drag this line to this line and these things happen you i know? was about to say like, oh. how,
0: how soon are we going to get a visual interface where people can be like okay my uh, like it'll probably be like you log in to and it. say well no you'll log in mm-hmm. and it'll say hey uh he, let's make the character sheet for your game and you're like okay yes. well i roll a d20 and then this and you probably mm-hmm. just like link things together and i, I wouldn't it. be surprised if that's
1: the yeah i like that idea of object based things and then you're dragging connections to them and then maybe you're putting in a little math formula but that's all you have to do you don't have to do any of the other right well i've got to put a parenthesis here and a semicolon and then you know this code and that means you know, get value. I don't have to know any of that stuff. I just you just drag pictures around and connect them and you're good to go. So I'm hoping we're getting there soon because I'd love to just design character sheets for games that come out. That'd be that'd be fun for me. I don't <laughs> know why, but and I don't think everybody would like it, but I would love it. That's cool. So that uh, is our news for Paisa. Yeah. So uh
0: I actually played some games. I you played some cool. games. Let's hear what's going on with this A game. This uh this Dungeon of the Mad Mage.
1: we <laughs> spoilers alert are sieging a fortress of drow. This game is built for what you want to run. I don't know how you're not running these levels. because Uh, This
0: is so drow. Well, I think we talked about it. My, the people that I was playing with were like, we don't want to (laughs) play your drow game. And I'm like, that's so crazy. This is so good. I understand. But we want to do a Patreon game, which we're going to try and get going. So
1: yeah. What was really cool about this. And then I know you've got some really cool stuff I want to hear about. Um, Is that the first time we got there, we didn't know how populated it was or what was going on because we couldn't tell a lot. So Uh we got into a small fight that led to a much bigger fight that kept expanding to the point where people started dying in the party and we had to retreat. We had to use every ability we could grab unconscious dead bodies on the ground and book out. And that's been pretty rare for our murder hobo team. That's rare for usually, who's usually, you know, beating everybody. We got our butts beat, but just like Dean, you know, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition shows you once you go back, you prep up and you load your buff spells and you, you're like, okay, I'm casting this, this, and this, and we're going to do this. Then we went in and now it's like almost right back to a cakewalk. Cause we like came in like gangbusters. And we're like, <laughs> now we know what's going on. Boom, 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 stuff's happening all over the place, but it's been really cool because there were some high level wizards in there and they were throwing some really crazy spells at us. And, Stuff was happening, and, and people were using tactics we'd never used before. We were using potions. We were pulling every trick out of the book to try to win this fight because for the I feel like we were really being pushed to our limits, so we had to start getting a lot more creative. I think that's always fun when your character has to think outside the box than it normally does, so that's what's been really fun. So we're attacking a Fortress of Drow, and... uh yeah. and, Oh, there's some type of giant mechanical spider that has four like a around it and they somehow control it but we haven't fought it yet it's coming up it's going to be a fun episode i think so if you want to watch that that's on tuesday nights <laughs> come check that on out on
0: danimal's channel yeah for sure or so, are you, yeah you is it on your yeah, channel yeah danimal's, danimal's channel
1: danimal's okay yeah danimal's yeah, yeah. and i usually will host his sometimes um but it's always on his channel for sure that's so, cool. but i want to hear about jordan's games cuz he's got a specific one that is my absolute favorite fantasy book of all time. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting to hear about this. But yeah, go ahead. well, okay,
0: yeah. So uh, Start wherever you want. <laughs> first of all, I I did a Vecna one-shot. So, yes, Ted from Ted. Ted, Nerd Immersion Ted, he messaged me on, I want to think it was like Thursday of last week. And I was going to talk about it last week on the show, but then we didn't have the mm-hmm. show. But uh, he was like, hey, do you want to play that Vecna one-shot, that level 21? And I'm like, Yes, I haven't played d and d in so long. I will play yes one hundred percent, so he got uh, a bunch of really cool people together, mm-hmm. and this is all on his YouTube channel, plus he did an hour like hour long deep dive into the adventure, which, which is weird. I watched that too yeah. uh, and I was like, <laughs> okay, um. It's not the world's greatest adventure, but like I've never played a level 21 shot like this was fun. So I was thinking, like, do I make a character? Like, what do I do? And I wanted to play something I was somewhat familiar with. So I decided to take one of my favorite characters, which is Espen Flamedrake from my Acquisitions Incorporated game. Mm-hmm. And I just leveled him all the way from uh, 10 to 20. And I was like, OK, we're going to play Espen because I sort of know his abilities and like I'll, I'll I won't i will be confused like how does a sorcerer work like I'll be like mm-hmm. okay yeah um and I had so much fun and I I I just burned everything alive because he's all <laughs> focused on fire and dragon yeah. spells and stuff and uh what our saving grace was is uh we got into the one shot and went up a bunch of rooms and things like that and I had a Uh, What was it? I had a Staff of the Magi because we could take some uh, magic items. He's like, it's level Mm -hmm. 20. You get this many magic items. Um, And so I took a Staff of the Magi, which can cast a bunch of different spells. Um, And then I took Metamagic to change a lot of those into fire when applicable. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I'm casting a... Lightning bolt. I could then turn it into a fire bolt. That's like, you know, a straight line of like fire and stuff. And so we had a lot yeah, of fun playing fire lightning. with lightning Yeah, fire lightning. I don't know. That was a lot. that was the idea. Is change yeah. the elements with it because I took yeah. that meta magic. I also took subtle spell, which takes out oh. the verbal and semantics components because I just kind of didn't like the rest of them. And I'm like, I guess I'll take this. Mm-hmm. So happy that that was the case because. Uh, the adventure is called don't say Vecna and when we saw Vecna I went oh no it's Vecna and when you say his name there's a curse that prevents you from speaking for a minute and I yeah. failed the saving throw so I couldn't talk for the entire final battle of Vecna uh, mm-hmm. but that ended up saving us because uh, rules as written if they if the monster can't see what you're casting they can't counterspell it And Vecna Uh has three counterspells that are abilities, reaction abilities. And he gets three reactions per round. And so you can't counterspell his counterspell because they're (laughs) abilities. So it was like really weird. But every time I would cast a spell, he would be like, well, I counter it. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't cast the spell unless I use my my meta magic so you don't know what i'm casting he's like fair enough um (laughs) and it was fun so everybody was dying left and right and like it was crazy we our barbarian was just like going to town but uh the the poor bard couldn't get anything done and the the artificer was trying to cast spells but he was at the beginning of the round so he was like always uh counterspelled it was really frustrating for him uh and then i ended up killing vecna which was the best thing ever so (laughs) i I sent a fireball out. He um he legendary resisted it. It exploded above his head. He took fire damage and I had this magic crystal. It was another magic item. I don't remember what it's called. Uh it is called the Elemental Essence Shard. Mm-hmm. And what what this item does, I totally cherry picked it cuz I'm like I'm a fire mage. <laughs> I want this. <laughs> why, but why if I do you? fire damage to somebody and mm-hmm. if they take the damage, they catch on fire. And then at the beginning oh. of their turn, you roll 2d10, and that fire will, like, continue to burn them, and then it's out. So you can do just an extra 2d10 damage to, like, one creature at the mm-hmm. beginning of your turn. Or at the beginning of their turn. And so I blew it up, he he resisted it, and he had, like, almost no health left. And then Ted's like, roll high for this, and I rolled 11, mm-hmm. and I exactly killed Vecna with my, <laughs> nice. like, side damage of fire. And it was just, it was so... Epic. It was so it much is. fun. And so you could watch this whole game. We went really long. That was a five-hour game with one break. Yeah, I was there early,
1: like, and then I was like, okay. <laughs> like, we were goofing <laughs> off,
0: and I had no idea it would oh. take that long, but it was, like, it was mm. fun. It was really fun. Very so,
1: uh, I highly, I mean,
0: I just hadn't played
1: d in a while. It was great and that was a Vecna one-shot that was, is that on the DMs Guild that was posted No, somewhere? so
0: that was, they Because people can
1: get this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So...
0: Uh, and if i find it i'll put links down below but the the links are all on ted's channel too Mm -hmm. um specifically they released the vecna stat block um most likely because of stranger things or maybe something else is happening there's a lot of Mm -hmm. like conspiracy theory obelisk talk (laughs) on the internet i don't know if you know this jordan called it first you were
1: deep in the do not do not
0: uh uh, i mean you can listen to bob bob world builder did a great video jordan was first
1: it. jordan's third <laughs> channel has a black obelisk and it's part of the name of it i'm sure
0: <laughs> so uh this was actually a blog post in their forums and i think oh, it was okay. a D beyond employee it's not the best adventure it's not the worst adventure but it's also free and it yeah. is enough of an adventure to set up Like fighting Vecna, which was the whole thing.
1: I've been seeing lots of live plays all over playing
0: this. It's weird how much attention it's getting. And I think it's probably just because like I don't know, it's Vecna. It's the same thing with Ted, right? Like level 20 adventures. Lots of people are playing this. We never have level 20 adventures. And I'm wondering now, with the amount of like response this is getting, if we'll see level 20 adventures. Because all of a sudden, I mean, as wizards looking at this and they're just like, oh People want to have like People giant have fights it. against Orcas or something. You know, like who knows? So mm, uh, yeah. So we'll see if that happens, but Prince I thought it was of really demons. cool. Yeah. Very so cool. cool. And then uh I finally got back with my D&D group and yes. DM Nathan is running his Black Company game. Yes. Um I played episode one and then they got on a boat after all the demons attacked the city and sailed away from the demons and i missed everything that happened on that boat and then where i came back in is they had arrived at a town and they're trying to like set up shop and kind of like get a lay of the land and we took Mm -hmm. some job to explore a subterranean dwelling um that had i were looking for something i don't really remember i'll i'd be honest i was like i wasn't there for all of this so i'm like i don't really know <laughs> but it was the first time that i got to play my artificer again and how much i really like it because i've been flavoring all of the spells as gadgets i have mm-hmm. so instead of casting shatter i like pull out this like mechanized tuning fork and i go burn and i jam it into the rock and then i run away and it blows up you know yes. and uh, i did a Uh, I've got my dual wand, so I like firebolt and firebolt, and I can like shoot out magic, and it's really cool. So we had a lot of fun. We hadn't played in a while, and because uh, Nathan is living farther away, part of the reason we haven't played is he had to move. Um, And so he's living about, uh, I I think it's like an hour away now. So we decided to meet up, and now we're going to play every other week. Uh, But we're going to play for like four to five hours rather than the two to three that we Uh usually play. So we'll no play, longer. we'll break and have dinner together, and then we'll mm-hmm. play and then we'll go home.
1: That's the idea. Long session play. So, Ooh, and I
0: good so stuff. far I liked it. Like I had a blast. Like we got there, yeah. we played. When I was getting tired, it was like dinner time. We had dinner. Mm-hmm. And then we Be were great. like, we're all amped to play some more. So it was fun. That's cool. Um and then uh uh yeah so we ran around i i just did my artificer thing uh i got a cool uh cape that lets me teleport that was like the magic item that he's like well jordan doesn't have any magic items because he hasn't been here for a while so
1: and you haven't read the black company books i haven't no they're on my reading list but yeah because what you described to me is book one chapter one fight in city Flea City yep. on a boat. And I was like, yes, no, yes, he's yes. basing it off of that. Like, he's not, <laughs> I mean, steal like yeah. an artist,
0: right? But like, he's yeah, yeah, basing yeah. it off of those books because he loves the books. Yeah. So I was like, well, okay. I've always
1: thought that'd be a cool thing. Like, if you have a cool book and you, you ask your friends, have you guys read this? And they're like, no, 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 no. Well, you know what? I'm going to introduce you with a D adventure and you're not even yeah. going to know it by the end of it it's going to be like you read the book <laughs>
0: yeah or or maybe it goes off so in a completely cool. different direction but yeah, like if maybe. you're
1: inspired by it go ahead you know like oh, so sounds good. fun tell him you want to play silver spike next and see what he says okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh again like i'm going overboard with games because i finished my play and i just want to play games right now mm-hmm. but uh, we're talking about Eberron because it's the 4th of July. I don't think we're going to play Eberron this week. Um, and then, but we're going to start Eberron. People have been making some characters and we're, I'm kind of fleshing out a story and we're kind of figuring out where we're going, uh, which will be cool. Cause it'll be the, it'll be at the house, which will be nice to play here. Um, mm-hmm. then, uh, Dutch recall classics, that group of people, they're all out of the play as well. So they're like, Hey, we want to play DCC. So we're getting that back together. And I think we're going to start this thursday which is really cool
1: are you gonna play five games is that what i'm hearing? i don't know i don't <laughs> know uh
0: right now be, it would be jordan runs Eberron for one group and dcc for another group but swapping then, no no yeah, no yeah, dcc yeah. for like just my theater friends and Eberron for my but D&D weekly
1: friends. or every other week and you're switching
0: Eberron would be every other week uh mm-hmm. dcc would be weekly probably so. okay i'm not okay. sure we'll see we'll still f- we're still feeling it up because the dcc group they also want to play a lot of different games and uh now they're like yeah so they're like jordan we want to play alice is missing and i'm like uh okay i i would love to i bought it i have not played it like so Mm -hmm. we we've been talking about that or just like regular game nights and stuff so it could be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um and then i thought invisible sun was done but
1: uh, uh, Indoor Adventure
0: started pinging our group, and he's like, so when are we going to finish that? And I was like, oh, we should finish that. My play's done. Yes, um, Lex is so, all, up, all about it. Yeah, and Lex is like, oh, I 100% want to play Invisible Sun again, and you want to play. <laughs> yeah. LB's trying to figure out her schedule. Uh, so once we hear back from LB, I think we'll, and I'll pester her a little bit this weekend, I think. But once we hear yeah. back, we're going to try and do Invisible Sun again. I'll record it and it's it'll be up on the Patreon if you're interested to listen to that so very fun. Uh well I'll have to like remember how to play but
1: it'll be fun. Right. You guys Well are. we're learning to play yeah, which and I you think guys was another cool, cool that was, piece of it. Yeah. That
0: was the whole point, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. I I've been and then I read Easy D6 and now I want to run that like I've got lots of stuff. I a Kickstarter came in called Mazes that I backed which was really interesting. I read mm-hmm. through that book. Also would like to try playing that at some point. Uh, Lex and I went over a couple games yesterday that are little indie RPG things and I ended up buying one of them because I'm like this is so cool like a, cool. a hard copy like I <laughs> yeah. wanted a hard copy of it uh, yeah. that I was like this is another one that my my DCC friends who just like weird like I don't know silly RPGs they would totally be down to play an evening of, of this mm. other game so we'll see But yep. yeah I've been playing lots Very of stuff cool. it's Very been
1: fun cool. I think that's it so much and yet I've got so much more I could talk about but that's our show I mean it's just like it gets so done so quickly (laughs) dang it (laughs) it's funny we didn't have an audience a live audience but this still felt like a really like a regular fun show this was good this could be Uh, Saturday morning
0: easy easy yeah 100% (laughs) except I'm about to go watch lots of stranger things with ice cream so um uh, thank you guys so much like subscribe all that stuff we will see you we'll be back next saturday and if not we'll probably try and do another one of these who knows Mm -hmm. um but we will have a show and uh until then take care be awesome and we'll see you next week bye